and welcome to Have a Nice Apodcalypse. Uh, I'm your co-host, Marcelo Pico, and along with me, as always, is the other co-host of this show, Marcus Suring. Hello, Marcus. Hi, Marcelo. What's up? Nothing much. Uh, we're here. This is actually a bit of time travel here because uh, we're recording this intro for the episode you're about to listen to. This is episode one of our new podcast, Have a Nice Apocalypse. Let's okay. Let's let's lay the groundwork here in this intro uh, to the episode because um, we're doing this. I'm forcing Marcus to do this intro because. Uh, when we recorded this episode back like th- three months ago, uh, we weren't totally sure about the show <laughs> in terms no, of like yeah, we, what we were yeah, going we to do with it. didn't have it all fully planned out. What are we doing? Like, like first what off, exactly is it? I don't, I don't, I don't think that the full concept for the show was even yeah really nailed down at this point when we did this first episode. I mean, first off, what is this show about? What is having a nice apocalypse about, Marcus? Right. It's it's ostensibly about about the uh, about the film Southland Tales. But in order to get to the film Southland Tales, what we first must do is is talk about the works of uh, the director of Southland Tales, uh, Richard Kelly. And so that's that's what we're doing here first. Is we're we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about his his first movie, Don, Donald Darko. Yes, right? yes. We're uh, the way this show ended up being formatted was we do a commentary for one of his films first, and but there are several uh-huh. films. I mean, let's just let, let's just say it, Marcus. Like we did a commentary for Donnie Darko, which you're about to listen to. Right. Then we did a uh, a, uh, a a analysis. I, 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 Right, analysis a of like the director, a, the director's cut, and other yeah, that's like that's episode two stuff. That's episode two conversation. Yeah, and then episode and then we, three. What do we do? We did a commentary yeah. for Domino. For, yes, with uh, which uh, Richard Kelly wrote, directed by Tony Scott. Yes, um, and then we did a deep dive on Domino after that for episode four. For episode so, four, yeah. So, yeah. so, so you see the rhythm here, and then eventually, and and if you're listening to this, if if you listen to these episodes, you hear us tr- discussing like we're figuring it out as we go, but eventually we're gonna get to, uh, 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 you know, the main. The main beef, the main, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that was all like, I think I also made this analogy on the, on, on one of these episodes, like all of that is the bread, but what you want in your hamburger <laughs> is that beef, beef patty. What is that beef patty, Marcus? What's right in the center? Southland Tales. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, so we Food are going to, yeah. So it's going to be divided into at least 12 parts, our Southland Tales discussion, um, and some commentaries around there too, yeah. And then at the end, we talk about the box. Okay, so that's the that that's our series. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what that's. I just want to get that out there. Uh, uh, we've already recorded about like what six or seven episodes, right, Marcus? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we're eight episodes deep now. If I want to, if I, if I'm right, yeah. Or we're coming up on our eighth episode, something like that. But yeah, yeah. yeah we, uh. Marcelo, you said you wanted to record this because at this time you thought that we didn't we didn't really know what we were doing, but but by now we have figured out what we are doing and that this is a show and that it's good and it's good. <laughs> yes. <We> like it. <laughs> yeah. We are very confident now that we have made a good show. 
that's what I want to get out there. <laughs> yes. It may not seem like it when you listen to this commentary, <laughs> but trust us, it's a good show. And also, we weren't sure yeah. about the title uh, of of the uh, of the podcast. I think we also bring that sure. up in episode two and three. But yes, this is uh, called "Have a Nice Apocalypse." And any last words, Marcus, before we toss it to ourselves? Because like, this going to be a little Moby musical break, and then the commentary uh, that'll rev up in the next segment. But any any last words, Marcus, before we toss it to ourselves in the past? No, just uh, hope hope you enjoy it. Uh, stick around for a Southland Tales talk uh, five episodes from now. <laughs> yes. It'll be worth it, I promise you. Uh, but yeah, mm. that's it. So please enjoy... Me and Marcus uh, do a commentary for Donnie Darko on the podcast that's called Have a Nice Apocalypse. Yes. Let's sync this up. <clears throat> We're about two seconds in. We see the new market logo uh, on my screen. I just see it and there's like a, like a flash in the middle. Well, you call it a flash. Um, but if you have the Aero Disc, like we both do, I mean, you just bought the Aero Disc a few days ago. That's um, right. Like a day before they announced a new 4K version that's coming out in May. That's right. Um, not bitter at all. <laughs> not disappointed that you uh, didn't just wait for the 4K version. Um, but uh, I have my deluxe box set of, of the Aero release, which I love. Um, and yeah, we're two seconds in. Uh, digitally, I mean... Uh, maybe it'll be the same, but when you see the logo of New Market flashing, like I said, in the middle, just pause it and then we can do a countdown. When I say play, we all hit play. So that's the plan. Uh, ready, Marcus? Let's let's jump into it. Yep. Let's do this. Here we go. Donnie Darko commentary in three, two, one, play. <clears throat> and there's the New Market logo. And there is a new company logo. What other commentaries have we done? What could Marcus? this be? What could this be? Uh, so <laughs> previously, we have done commentaries for uh, the films Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, that one, Michael oh, Shannon. Boy, the Michael Shannon Christmas movie. Pottersville. <laughs> Pottersville, yes. Yeah. So this is going to be a uh, a different tone for this for this a commentary. drastic jump in, <laughs> in objective quality. Yes, in seriousness, um, not as many bits in this one as the other ones. No, no, because I do generally love this movie. I do. Yeah, I yeah I've I watched it when I was uh, a wee boy, and I, it was one of those movies that one of those like early movies for me that I got pretty obsessed with and I watched over and over and really liked thinking about it and watching it and being in this world. I think uh, that was the case for a lot of people. It was the case for me. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it like on DVD, like a year or two after it came out, got obsessed with it and, um, subsequently bought the director's cut on DVD. And then about two years later, I sold that and, uh, yeah, just, um, Hadn't seen it since until Arrow released this 4K transfer in theaters. I saw it in theaters. And I bought this Blu-ray set. Uh, and yeah, then uh, it, it's, it, it, uh, it held up when I last saw it about three years ago. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't, hadn't seen it for, uh, for 
probably over a decade and uh until i watched it just a couple days ago to prepare for this and that yeah it it definitely holds up i I thought it was very very good still excuse me if i'm clearing my throat i just ate a grilled cheese sandwich so it's disgusting i know disgusting yeah disgusting Um, donnie waking up out here yeah so it's this this movie is beautifully shot yeah, uh, by uh, Stephen Poster. What what has uh, he done in the cinematographer. past? Cinematographer. I I tried looking him up. He has he's very uh, prolific, but um, it seems like his most noteworthy movies are his collaborations with uh, Richard Kelly. He's so far he's shot all three of Richard Kelly's movies. Um, oh, I I'm looking at at the his work now. He did Strange Brew. It's a cult classic. He did Stuart Little too. Daddy Daycare. Daddy Daycare, yeah. Uh, Rocky Five, the worst Rocky. So his his work is varied. His work is varied. I like Rocky Five. Rocky Five's the worst one. That's a, that's a that's a story for another day. Oh boy. Um, okay. Um, Big Top Pee Wee. That's pretty cool. I've never seen that. That's the sequel, right? Because the first one's uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Hmm. Uh, there's uh, what's what's this character actor's name? You should know this. The the dad, who is he? Oh, Holmes Osborne. There you go. A very very good name. A very good name for a person to have. There's Maggie Gyllenhaal, the amazing Maggie mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal. Here's a fun fact, because uh, I'm gonna be just filled with these tidbits. Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal are brother and sister in real life. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. I wonder if they knew that before they cast them. Uh, probably not. Probably the first day on set, they go, wait a second. All right. Who's, who's your mom? Who's your dad? Then they were just shocked to find out they were brother and sister. There's Mary McDonald, who um, I love. Uh, she's in Battlestar Galactica, which I've been rewatching recently. She's amazing in that show. Have you seen Battlestar Galactica, Marcus? No, nah, can't say that I have. Very but, good, very good. Uh, she gives she gives possibly my favorite performance in this movie. She's incredible in this movie. She's, she's very good. She's a very, very, very good actor. We'll talk about it later, but she she gives like a look near the end of the movie that's yeah. just oh, it's amazing. Here's a famous s- dinner table scene. Here's a scene which um, actually I forgot to turn the subtitles on, so let me turn those on because I know I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, that is smart. Yeah, yeah, I should do that. Um, yes, very famous. Did this not give you E.T. vibes? Can't say that it did. I've never seen E.T. You've never seen E.T.? <laughs> I, I have not. I don't no. think we, you know, that, that like, uh, anger people have towards people not seeing movies. I don't have that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't care. It's just like, well, everybody's missed something. So yeah, uh, ET is good. You should check it out when you can. But you know, you know the 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 famous dinner scene in that, right? In ET, right? Where ET calls Elliot's mom a fuck ass. <laughs> I, thought we, I thought we said no bits in this. Um, no, it's when it's when uh, it's when ET uh, tells Elliot to shove that uh, finger up his anus. Anus? No, make a mm. joke here. Uh, too bad I can't cut any of this out. This is a commentary. The the, the <laughs> penis breath line in E.T. Can't 
can't say that I know. Oh right. my god, it's iconic, Marcus. Uh, it drew I believe it. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Uh, I think calls her brother a penis breath. Drew Barrymore's in this movie. Yeah, so that's it's a connection. It's all connected. And this is set in the eighties. This movie's set in the eighties. So it's all connected. ET was in 1982. What year is this set? It's in the 80s. That's all. I know. <laughs> God damn it! It's 1988, <laughs> by the way. 1988. Is it okay? Yeah, that wasn't. I, a, I honestly that wasn't a test. Watching by the, the way. movie, <laughs> watching the movie, I never. I honestly never really get that vibe. I that that's something I kind of learned recently. Like, I, it's got 80s music throughout the soundtrack. It has a very good soundtrack. This movie, but. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I wouldn't say there's. I was gonna say there's much else like super eighties about it. I don't mean to be this guy, but you do know that in this, I think in this cut for sure, because it's been to seen the director's cut. In this cut for sure, they flash the date like ten times uh, <laughs> with title cards. <laughs> I don't know. It's something I I I, I never. Uh, but no, I, <clears throat> I, I I can read. I don't know. No, no, I I'm I'm joking, but I I kind of feel the same way you do because. As soon as this movie starts, you don't get that sense that it's in the '80s. I think to no. its to its benefit because it kind of feels timeless. But when Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, when she says she's going to vote for Dukakis, then you kind of know, oh, it's it's in the '80s. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that does happen. Yeah. Now there's a there's a his medicine bottle says '88 on the end. I just caught that. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, if, uh, and also, um, Mary McDonald, the mom's character, she's reading the book It, you know, but, uh, saying all that, like, you don't, I don't know, does, does this need to be in the 80s? That book still exists. Yeah, and I was going to say. book still exists. She could be reading that. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, does, 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 what's the purpose of this being set in the 80s? It's just like a stylistic choice, like, oh, Uh, throwback feel. Yeah, it could be. It could have been set also, in, in present day is what I'm saying. The film has this like very apocalyptic tone and uh, the Cold War and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it, good it doesn't it doesn't ever really get into that, but like you could you could argue, you could you could probably make the case that I think you're making the case now. Um, See there's there's a title card. Yeah. October second, nineteen eighty eight. Do you see that? Yeah, I don't know. It's just something I always <laughs> forget about the movie. I, I see it. I see it. This is a this is a end of the Reagan era. This is a election year, where this movie set. So yeah, uh, Cold War, uh, all that is coming to play. Shot of an American flag. Mm-hmm. Very very Richard Kelly. What what? If you could sum up Richard Kelly in one sentence, Marcus, what would it be? Uh, a good filmmaker. <laughs> Brilliant. Period. Period. Yeah. Not an ex- not an exclamation point. He <laughs> a decent filmmaker. <laughs> no, I I I don't know. He's a I I think he's a very interesting director. Like like we said, we only he only has 3 films and two of them in my memory, I have not seen the box for many years, but uh, two of his three are very good, and the third is whatever. But all three are kind of, all three are kind of 
I don't know, misunderstood films that kind of have get their day later. Um, has yet to happen for the box. Yeah, I was going to say I the box. Know. Maybe I, there, there has, there has, there has been some discussion about it being good. I think recently, but not yeah. not as much as for sure. Southland Tales, which which we'll talk about. Yeah, Southland, and we'll we'll talk about over the course of how many episodes this series is is going to be. And how like Donnie Darko came out and <clears throat> it was a commercial failure in in theaters for multiple reasons but um, that's right yeah i don't know it it, shortly after its dvd release it started like getting a lot of buzz and it became like a really big cult classic yeah um, as they say and yeah i i I keep i I do forget that excuse me that dunny darko was uh was a bomb because it it has aged so well like like i said they had that um Donnie Darko uh, Arrow had that Donnie Darko theatrical release for its 4K restoration like three years ago, and at that point, yeah. at that point, it felt like it was, you know, it officially reclaimed its status of like modern day masterpiece, which I think it is for sure. I, it's also it's a very very strong debut. It's, I think yeah, it it, it feels like you can feel like a really strong voice coming out of it and it's a shockingly well-made movie i think for a first-time director working with four million dollars or something and that's why i five i think that's the budget and that's why when i pitched a southland tales podcast to you uh the reason why i did that was i was like well if i were to dedicate an entire series on a movie it'd be something like southland tales which this is why we're talking about Danny Darko first. Like this is like a clear cut. Like a majority of people would say this is a good movie, right? And well deserved for all the yeah. cult status it's 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 gained, right? Over the last for sure two two decades, right? But Southland yeah. Tales that became a cult classic, but it's still not over that hurdle of like resounding, you know? Yeah, it's it's not the most accepted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's not a very agreed upon opinion that it's a great movie or anything. Yeah. It's it has its defenders and it has its uh, haters. Yeah, and I'll say as of this recording, I have not revisited Southland Tales in years, but I'm eager to revisit it and and approach it in a way of like, well, I remember it being good, right? And there's enough there yeah. to keep me invested to do like entire series on. And I want to say at the end of that series, at the end of the series we're doing, whether it should officially be declared as like a cult classic masterpiece. That's my that's my thesis of this podcast series. All right, I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. <clears throat> it, it, you know, in the way that this is again going back to Donnie Darko. Like, um, I was just blown away by seeing it in a theater three years ago. I was like, oh, this is this this still holds up. It's like you were saying before. It's like a great debut. It has a clear vision. Um, and also, I want to get into like what happened with Richard Kelly. Because what happened with Richard Kelly? Like, he's not. Uh, That's a very. He doesn't have a job now. All, all he does is like uh, go on Cinema Sins and, and just say he wants to make more Southland Tales. Yeah. Yeah. What, what happened to Richard Kelly is a very loaded question yeah. that I think we'll be getting into later. We'll talk um, about Yeah. Um, 
So we've kind of skipped over a lot of plot <laughs> here, but like basically, basically the whole plot was just set up. The the uh, Donnie was woken up in the middle of the night, and he had a premonition or something telling him to go out to the golf course, and there he found the rabbit who told him that the world is going to end in. 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, and 12 seconds. And while he was out, this uh, jet engine uh, falls out of a plane and crashes through his bedroom window. Would have killed him, but he was out seeing Frank. And they cannot find the plane uh, from which this jet engine came from. Um... Yeah, I read uh, when I was reading about this movie, I read something um, kind of funny, like uh, the the that setup of the jet engine falling through the house was um, Richard Kelly said it was inspired by a story of uh, a kid um, who was not in his room. And while he was out of his room, a pe- like a big chunk of ice fell through the ceiling and right. landed in his bedroom. And then uh, he decided to turn that into a jet engine and then, like, wrote the story basically around that idea. And uh, and uh, apparently he was getting, like, flack from people saying, like, like that's not how it works. That A jet engine wouldn't just fall off a plane. And, like, in the news as he was writing the movie or, like, as they were shooting the movie or something... Uh, that actually happened where like a jet engine yeah. fell out of a plane in like the middle of the Pacific ocean. And then the plane, I, I don't know what happened to the plane. No. Yeah. I, but, uh, <laughs> it, it was something for sure. Like in the nineties, it felt like it happened more often. Um, cause in two thousands, nothing bad happened with airplanes, but like in the nineties, I remember no. growing up and seeing those stories on the news and just being like freaked out. So it, it, it as a kid, seeing this in like 2001 or two let's say 2001 um i was like yeah kind of freaked out by how real it all felt like i, I yeah it's mm-hmm. it's 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 possible that a engine would just burst through a ceiling because uh anything's possible nowadays <laughs> everything's possible <laughs> Anything, nowadays. that's my point anything's possible <laughs> We can do anything, guys. <laughs> it's the future. It's 2021. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a great line here. Um, what is it's it? coming up in like half a second. Uh, but I was afraid. Uh, when he lights uh, up this. Oh, yeah. I was afraid you were going to say the great line is go back to China. <laughs> it's like, Marcus, no, we, no, no, this is, no. It's not no, that no, kind no, of show. No, no. <laughs> no, that line right there where. Uh, Donnie lights up the cigarette, and the, the kid that gave him to him said, "This is some good shit, huh?" Oh yeah, and yeah. The kid, says, it's yeah. a fucking it's a cigarette. cigarette. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, that that made me laugh really hard. Do, when I was watching this. Do again. these kids not look like twenty? Like that kid with the beard walking down the the bad kid. Sure, that kid looks like twenty five. I, I, uh, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was nineteen when they were filming this. Maybe he um, he, he barely makes it to me as a yeah. believable high schooler. Yeah. Uh, we'll be seeing Seth Rogen. I don't know how old he was, yeah. but we'll be seeing him here in a second. Babyface Seth Rogen. We should talk about the uh, this 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 scene right here. This montage is set to Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears. Yeah. Um, I there, yeah. I did say in the beginning we weren't gonna, we weren't going to talk about the director's cut, but I do think the director's cut replaces this with something else. 
We, Does it? I, I think so. We'll talk about we'll talk about that later. Couldn't couldn't get the rights to use it twice. Uh, I think uh, Richard Kelly thought another song here would be better. I don't know. Again, I might be mm. wrong, but I think I remember music being switched for the director's cut. Um, we just passed uh, Jenna Malone, who I love. The great Jenna Malone. Great Jenna Malone. Uh, the actress here. Oh, there's a uh, uh, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Yes, yes. Uh, who's the actress's name who plays the the Christian lady who's uh, 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 Dwight yeah, Dwight's Beth girlfriend? Grant. Beth Grant. Beth Grant. Yeah, she's very uh, very good. Very this. great uh, character actor. Yeah. Uh, Noah Wiley, Drew Barrymore. What a cast! Drew Barrymore, producer of this. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, what a cast right there. Like this had Drew Barrymore, Patrick Swayze, Noah Wiley, Beth Grant, Shaking Hands. Wild. But what happened to, um, what's his face? Noah Wiley. What's he doing lately? I don't know. Oh, one of the ER for a while, right? Yeah. One of those kids there, that blonde, isn't she from um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I don't know. Uh-huh. I should have looked that up the first time I saw this this morning because this is my second time watching it today. Um, anyway, yes, uh, our point is there are many great actors in this. Many. Um, How old do you think? Uh, right there, they just had the the girls dancing. That kind of foreshadows later. What, foreshadows they're dancing later. No, nothing. I, I talked over you. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's up? No, I no. Don't think I talked over you. <laughs> What's going I on? Think I think I talked over you. Are we out of sync? This, uh, <laughs> are we on the same page of this movie? Are, are you? Are you? Are you going to say what you're going to say? Oh, I was going to bring up uh, Drew Barrymore again. Um, do you know how old she is in this? Can you take a guess? Uh, okay, she was like eight in uh, ET in the eighties. So I don't know. She's like early 30 she's 25 in this 25 wow yeah wow i think she looks amazing i've always loved her but uh i would have thought she was older but no she's she's 25 and this is what like around the time she's doing charlie's angels she's like she has like uh two or three two or three peaks in her career this is like the second peak i think yeah yeah and they talked about that um this is another little behind the scenes uh, tidbit i can oh, bring to you here marcus tidbit coming uh, up they, <laughs> they, uh they uh they had drew barrymore attached to the movie like very early and she agreed her production co- company um i can't think of the name right now oh, like her up. production company is the one that like produced this movie and gave it the four and a half million dollar budget but um, I think one of the conditions was that Drew Barrymore was in the movie. Ah, yes. Um, because she liked the script so much. Yeah. And they had her for like one specific week in a few months. And, uh, and, uh, they had the lead for the movie already lined up. Do you know who that was going to be? The lead in this? Um, yeah. Who was going to be Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, let me, that's a good question. I'm going to say Toby Maguire. No, it, it was going to be not a bad guess, but it was going to be uh, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, wow. Okay. That would have yeah. been a different movie. Yeah, it, it would have been. I think it would have like accentuated the comedy and like it, it would have been different. But uh, yeah, he was originally supposed to 
star in this, but they had to film the movie like in this specific time period because of Drew Barrymore's and he was already filming something. So they had to I'm guessing, uh, recast him. Uh, Paul, uh, wait, Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson movie, I bet. Probably, yeah. Brought ten bombs or something. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's crazy. I don't think I knew that. Jason Schwartzman, and, and that, uh, that's uh, that would have been a different movie, like I said. Yeah, and they they uh, while they were auditioning after Jason had to leave, they uh, they also auditioned uh, Patrick Fugit. Remind me who that is. Also would have been uh, almost fam- almost famous. Oh yes, that guy, that kid. Yeah, yeah. But he's like he's like a he's he's uh, he's more a kid kid like he's 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 younger than Gyllenhaal right? Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Almost Famous was two thousand, right? Yeah, it's been, it's that, been a while since I've seen uh, Almost Famous. I just remember in my head, I think that kid is like thirteen and Almost Famous, but that can't be right. Probably not. No, no. Uh, I think he was like sixteen. By or the way, Flower Films is Drew Barrymore's Flower uh, Films. production company. Uh, they produced anything else? Yeah, worthy. I'm going to give you a quick uh, breakdown of what they produce. So they've done Never Been Kissed, uh, the Charlie's Angels movies, yeah. uh, Fifty First Sorry, Fifty First Dates, Fever Pitch, music, Ooh. music and lyrics, Whip It, um. And then the most recent thing is The Stand-In, which I don't know. Oh, yes, it's that Drew Barrymore movie that came and went. Do, do you know what The Stand-In is? One, yeah, I, I didn't know no, about I it don't. until I saw she was promoting it uh, on, her t- on her talk show. But yeah, uh, The Stand-In stars Drew Barrymore and Drew Barrymore in a Prince and a Popper type situation. The film follows the story of a disaffected comedy (laughs) actress and her ambitious stand-in, Training Places. Ooh. Also starring T.J. Miller. Mm. Anyway, let's go back to Donnie Darko. Right. Uh, We just saw Grandma Death. Yeah. Grandma Death, who plays an essential role in the film. Grandma Death. And now uh, we're talking to Catherine Ross, who plays the Donnie's therapist here. Um, this uh, this gag of the um, what is this? Uh, Patrick Swayze's tape yeah, advice, like a self help. Yeah, self help. That's the word I'm looking for. Somehow attached to the school. I don't know. Like, did he work for the school already? <laughs> yeah, I never really figured that out. But he's like, did Beth Beth Grant bring him in? <clears throat> I'm guessing he's like a minor celebrity who, yeah, Beth Grant brings in. I think that's the that's the deal yeah. that's, that's going on. And he's like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be a part of your uh, program, uh, school agenda if you buy my book and teach it in school. I'm guessing that's the that's <laughs> the con. Yeah, and uh, he's also like the coach for Sparkle Motion, which will I don't think that's revealed yet, or we'll learn that later. But, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I. It's very weird that Patrick Swayze's in this movie to me. It, it seems like an odd role for him to take. I really, especially with like what's revealed about the character, like it, it almost seems like something that a star like Patrick Swayze would. Well, I think not do, but I think to his credit, yeah, I, it is to his credit. No, yeah, but uh, that was not the end of my sense. <laughs> 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 but I think to his credit, I think around this time he was trying to 
do more um, expand his like resume of like not just being like a heartthrob. Right. Is I mean I'm not a Patrick Swayze uh, connoisseur. I haven't seen a lot a lot of his films, but I think from what I remember, like in the in the 2000s for sure, he was trying to do more interesting things. Oh, maybe oh, maybe just be talking out of my ass. Maybe I'll, I'll look up his resume. I want to see his resume. Like he's like apply for a job. <laughs> uh, got more visions of Frank here. This oh yeah, this is where uh, Donnie uh, uh, Frank tells Donnie to to uh, go bust up the water main at the school and oh, yeah. floods the school. Yeah, uh, Patrick Swayze was doing some weird stuff at the tail end of his career. I'm looking it up. Uh, such a strange actor in the end. Very good actor. Anyway, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Yes. Doing his commentary in, sure. in memory of. Now uh, we're, we're about to f- we're about to see what he graffitied on the floor, Donnie Darko. Um, or or we did, right. did we pass it? It's about to come up. It's about to come up okay. right here. They're gonna like show an overhead shot. Yeah, here it the- is. It's coming up. Right, you're seeing it. You seeing it, Marcus? All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Seen the. They made me do it. Yeah. Now they made me. I'm do not it. one to point out supposed movie plot holes but it doesn't seem like it's it's like a teenager did that it seems very professional <laughs> like somebody like <laughs> an artist well, painted that uh the graffiti the graffiti specifically yeah i don't know, I, I, I thought it looked uh, kind of kind of like haphazardly thrown together no it, to me not as amateurish as it should be <laughs> It, it what actually I think it should be even less amateurish because if you notice uh, Donnie Donnie did all that with like an axe he had like super strength to <laughs> break through a, a thick water pipe and and then put the axe into the head of a bronze statue for, I almost think it should have been more artistically made for anybody just listening to this and if you haven't seen the movie which gotta help you. But yeah, Donnie Darko was sleepwalking through a lot of this movie, and yeah. isn't it isn't it a, uh, isn't it true that when you sleepwalk you get like superhuman strength? I think I think that is true. Yeah. yeah. Who's the yeah. famous Who's the famous comedian who uh, sleptwalked through a window and survived? Oh yeah, uh, Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. Now that may be half joking for me, but I seem to recall. And it's not that you have super strength. It's just that you have you're prone to do something outside your range of uh, physicality. Maybe hmm. they call me. Doctor I don't think Sleep. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk to the scientists on yeah. that one. Um, here's the meet cute, as they say in, the, in Hollywood, yeah. between Donnie Darko and Donnie meets Gretchen. Yes. Now, uh, I think we are. Yeah, we, we, we did talk ourselves into doing a um, Southland Tales commentary. 
uh, sure. I want to tease that. Um, I haven't seen that movie in years, but I think that, from what I remember, has a different pace than this. I think this is more a low-key movie. Am I correct in that assessment, yeah. Marcus? I I think that's correct. Yes, <laughs> I think uh, th- this one. It's I don't know. It's kind of a yeah, lo- like what you said. Loki. It's kind of slow. It's uh, not, deliberately paced. It's not, that, uh, it's not that it's a bad thing, but yeah, no, no, no. But Southland's a lot more. I don't know. Madcap. Yeah. More stuff's happening. But uh, maybe that's why people didn't like Southland Tales. It's very much not this in terms of like, yes, yeah, some weird shit's happening, but it's all it's always on the on the sides in this movie. But Southland tells all the weird <sighs> shits up front. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what, what's happening here? They're meeting. I, I mean, they're still meeting. Right exactly. I'm, I'm feeling the, I'm feeling the, the space because they're just talking like, like two kids talking. Yeah. It's a cute conversation. Sure. Oh, they want to go together. Oh, here's a, here's a question. I have a question, Marcus. Shut up. Um, that <laughs> that phrase. Uh, uh, what, what does he say? Uh, you want to go together. Go together, right? Is that like a yeah. is that a, a, a like a regional thing? I I I I kind of think it is. I never <clears throat> I ne- I never heard that. I heard like going out or dating, but like uh, yeah, I, it, um, here in the south, in which I am, uh, yeah, it's just going out dating, but going with right that's i know that i know people say that but uh maybe it's like a a, an 80s thing yeah it might be um kind of reminds me of on south park they had a episode that like they they they, where wendy broke up with stan and they they kept referring to it as wendy breaks up and like that's all they would say. They didn't say she's breaking up with you. They just say she breaks up. And I always thought that was very weird phrasing. But maybe that's a I don't know wherever Matt Stone is from. When um, when when did you see that episode? When when what's the time frame of that? Probably about when Donnie Darko came out. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. I don't know. If, I was six years old. If if you had said 2019, I would have been worried. No, I've I've not watched South Park in a long time. Okay, me too. Okay, now here's a scene where Donnie's about to jack off in front of his therapist. Yeah, Donnie, Donnie cut like her. His therapist kind of puts her under like a or puts him under like a spell. Uh, like uses hypnosis or something. I think that's what they're getting out here. Yeah. In uh, Donnie's hypnotic state, he talks about how he wants to how horny he is. Hey, what's the fuck? Um, another, another, another theme that'll come up in Southland Tales. It's a very horny movie. Yeah, it's horny. Um, yeah, yeah. Christina Applegate is mentioned. <clears throat> yeah, she's Johnny wants to. Yeah. Fuck Christina Applegate <laughs> from Married with Children. I mean, who who wouldn't? It's a funny movie. It's, it's a funny. It's movie. a funny like, movie. That's a that's a weird dark kind of scene. It's funny. <clears throat> It's kind of it's, it, now. Are we going to find that humor in Southland Tales too? That type of humor. Oh yeah, another thing in Southland Tales. It's expanded upon tenfold. It's the humor. <laughs> like he he kind of he really goes for that side of it in Southland. I think. See now here the, the reveal of Donnie's name is Donald. Donald Darko. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, this is a bad test for anybody trying to find, like, a graffiti artist. I know. Yeah, I thought that same thing. Writing on the chalkboard. Weird. Completely different. Yeah. Were you ever violated like this in high school, Marcus? Uh, No, I can't say that anybody came up behind me and held a knife to my throat. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Just curious. My high school experience was... uh, I've heard a lot of people say, like, like Jake Gyllenhaal, when he said he wanted to sign up for this movie, that this felt like a very authentic uh, high school experience to him. Um, I can't say that this is authentic to my experience. I, I, I feel like I had a pretty decent uh, Midwest school that did not have this sort of violence and stuff in it. My experience, but like I, I, I didn't go to a big town, so I don't know. Yeah, I was in, I was in a small town too. And yeah, the thing that tracks are the bullies and like what, like what they say, but you know, no, there are no knives or anything uh, or yeah. Me and my friends didn't. smoking in the bathroom, and, or, or me and my friends like shooting this like what pellet gun? I don't know. Well, I did that. Oh, you did that. See, that's that's where we differ. Yeah, but uh, I, th- this scene's particularly when I was watching it. <clears throat> this scene uh, feels very Kevin Smith. I was going to say Kevin Smith. Yep. Yeah, it it does because like they're they're talking about the the semantics of the Smurfs and yeah sex and stuff like that is a very clerks conversation i'm i'm, and, I'm gonna uh, say it right now marcus i don't think it works in this movie you don't think so i you don't think, think this, so. this scene kind of feels out of place i think so I, I don't i don't totally disagree but it does feel like something like just it does feel like a very direct kevin smith nod and uh you're also in southland tales will be seen more kevin oh yes smith. of course yeah and uh for the director's cut of donnie darko kevin smith um is on the commentary track with richard kelly yeah yeah which uh, i'm gonna force you to listen to marcus uh, because i'm gonna listen to it too. for sure I, I have no problem with that uh fuck damn it that you're gonna say no um <laughs> Because okay, well, one one more Kevin Smith thing. How uh, how many years after Clerks was this? Um, was Clerks two thousand? Wait, Clerks was nineteen ninety four. So seven years. Yeah. What what was um, six years? Was Dogma two thousand? Probably. I think so. Yeah. So Kevin Smith was still Jason very much Kevin Smith at this point. Anyway, that's enough Kevin Smith talk for now. Yeah. Um, Doesn't that kid on the right look like a young Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, he does. He does. He's got something about him. Yeah, but not Ryan Reynolds, right? That's, doesn't I don't think so, no. Doesn't that kid on the left look kind of like Jake Gyllenhaal? No, not at all. Not at all. Different eyebrows. Different eyebrows. PTA meeting. Did you ever go to any PTA meetings, Marcus? Uh, It... I don't know. We didn't have PTA meetings at all, but we had, or not at all. I, I, I didn't go to them, but, but I don't know. We had like parent teacher conferences. I went to those. Oh yeah. That's kind of similar. Those were a, a, a scary day always for me. 
but that's over now, um, right? No, no more parent-teacher days. God willing, school's out, as they say. PTA meeting here, intercut with uh, what you could say is the worst hallucination Donnie has had yet. Speaking with Frank in the mirror. I want. I want to say the score is like doing some really cool stuff right now. Yeah, who, who did? Who did? Can't hear the it. score. I don't. I, I. I did not write down their name, but it, it's a very good score. I think Michael got, Andrews. It has some really interesting vibes to it. Also but. known as Elgin Park, like a stage name. Mm-hmm. He's only done two movies, from according to this Wikipedia. Hmm. Donnie Darko and me and you and everyone we know. Wow. Interesting. But oh yes, it's remember, uh, uh, very good. I remember reading um, an article, like a retrospective, because we're we're in the 20th anniversary of this movie, so there's been a lot of uh, retrospectives and stuff happening recently uh, for this movie, and uh, I read one particular, and uh, uh, Richard Kelly talked about how he he wanted somebody unknown for the score because uh, he thought it would bring a something interesting to the movie and I, I think I think they found the right person because I, I do really think that the score has some very good tracks on it by the way I'm wrong because his Wikipedia page was formatted incorrectly uh, he did a lot mm. more than two movies <laughs> Oh, he's, okay. he's done Bridesmaids, Jeffrey Lives at Home. Um, what else are big ones? He did Funny People. Oh, wow. Yeah, I should have known that. Uh, Dirty Grandpa. Yeah, he's worked a lot in comedy. That's cool. Oh, he did Walk Hard. Classic. Mm, wow. So he's done good work. Do you believe in time travel? Uh, do I believe that time travel is theoretically possible? No, I'm reading this, the subtitle. I'm reading the the, the the captions here. I guess, Marcelo, <laughs> I think um, if I really think about it, probably not. Have you, have you read anything but, about the time travel and this being scientifically accurate? In, no, in, I haven't. In any way. Like, have you read anything about that? No. Have you? No. Uh, it's honest, uh, honest sounded question. like you were leading up to no, something. No, not at all. <laughs> no. no uh, okay, kind of. Um, I'm interested oh. in the time travel in this because not, you know, again, this is leading to Southland Tales. I think the time travel in Southland Tales is similar to, similar to this and the ideas it it puts forth, right? Am I, am I onto yeah. something here? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the idea—they're not. Neither of them are about like inventing a crazy machine or whatever. Yeah, it's about necessarily just two beings in different times meeting. Yeah, yeah. To boil it down to its raw elements. Uh. But what I do remember about the director's cut is how it very much plays into uh, breaking down the time travel. I I haven't seen the director's cut in many years. I think there's a chance 
I, I don't think this is true, but there's a chance it's the first time I saw the movie. I, I definitely remember I've seen both versions and like in my head, I don't dislike the director's cut as so many other people do, but Me. I also have not seen it since I was like 13 or something. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about it in depth, but uh, yeah, the, the, the time travel aspect here I like because it just feels very vague Right. Yeah. Whereas if you try to break it down, it just loses its appeal to me. I think, I, I think that's a fair opinion to have. And uh, we'll see if I agree with you by the time we get to the director's cut commentary for Don Darko. Not, I'm not going to do a director's cut commentary. I refuse. <laughs> what? That's not what we're doing. <laughs> I thought that's what you said we were doing. No, I said, oh, I, I, we should, we should talk about this off mic, but I said, sure. We'll talk about it. In some way or another. I didn't say somewhere or another, but I just said we'll talk about it. I left it vague. Imagine doing right, another commentary right. for this movie. <laughs> hey, hey, look, look, the arrow release has two different commentaries featuring Richard Kelly. If he can do it, we can do oh it. Oh my god. Listen, we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm I well, let's leave it on the table as we're we'll threaten people with another commentary, but this time with the director's cut. Okay. Um Donnie telling Beth Grant to go shove it right now. Shove it up her anus. That's implied by the film. Actually, you know what? No, it's not. He does directly state yeah. it here, but it is like cut off in a funny way. And then, well, she, she says it here in a bit, in a bit. Yeah. 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 Although the exact line I'm sure he said was shove that card up your ass. Yeah. forcibly insert the lifeline exercise cards up my anus yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god uh Mary McDonald am I pronouncing that right Mary McDonald Mayor McDonald (laughs) Mayor McCheese McDonald (laughs) Mary McDonald um, speaking of great performance by her, her reaction to uh, Beth Grant saying basically go to church is is priceless. Yeah. I like I like the reaction here. Yeah, I, I I love Donnie's parents in this. They they, they don't they don't ever really. I, I don't know if they ever really get into it and explain. Like Donnie lives in a pretty affluent neighborhood. It seems it, it looks like a little bit above middle class. I would say upper middle class. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have but, a chandelier for God's sakes. Yeah, they have a chandelier. <laughs> um, yeah, although I, I, I don't know, I, I really like his parents. They're very charming in this movie. Yeah, both of them, especially you know, Mary. Talking about that. Oh, and look, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's room has a skylight in it, so that's oh my god, Jesus, the dream. But uh, it's it captures that. Reagan 80s feel though of like excess for sure yes that's a very good point um I've heard uh, some people say that it also like the the school scenes are very uh or like the general feel of the movie the general tone is like very uh what it feels like to grow up in a in like a religious uh community a religious uh school where is this set um, do you know yeah, I think it's a Midwestern town. It, it, it was shot in California, but 
Um, I don't remember the exact state, but it's like Wisconsin or something like that. Virginia. Um, Virginia. Again, yeah, wasn't a test. Western at all. I just looked it up as you were talking. But um, not a test, but I still got it wrong. Um, <laughs> You're batting zero so far, Marcus. Donnie talking to his science teacher about time travel. He's getting really interested in time travel. His science teacher is shockingly open to discussing it. They were about to give him a book that becomes very important to the rest of the movie. Yeah. They reference another time travel movie. Right. Have you seen back to the future, Marcus? Of course I have. I've seen the first Back to the Future. I've seen the second one. I love the first Back to the Future. <laughs> have you seen it's the really third good. one? The first one is oh just fantastic. God. It's a very fun popcorn action movie. Really fun stuff. Have you seen Tenant? Back to the Future, though. Oh, it's just Jesus really Christ. it's wonderful. Have you seen Time Cop? Remember when Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, did the blood sport? I've seen that. Okay. Well, here's my point. Um, Back to the Future 2, Tenant, Time Cop. And I guess spoilers for Tenant. But um, they all feature a, a device or something said about never meet your past self. Um, or otherwise, uh, shit will happen. Uh, right. Not good shit. I think in Back to the Future 2, Doc Brown says the universe will like explode or something. I'm going to have to take your word for it, Marcelo. <laughs> um, uh, but I think that's a... Uh, something, something. The, I, I, well, let me finish my sentence. But I think that's a key to okay. uh, something that happens maybe later on in this movie and also South on Tales. Okay, that's enough out of me. All right. Great. Bye. Uh, something about this dinner table scene. <laughs> Uh, Donnie here is about to mention that they almost hit Grandma Death or Roberta Sparrow with their car. And I I love this look that Holmes Osborne gives the rest of the family. He's like, he's like, he's looking at the book. And then Donnie says that they almost hit Grandma Death in the car. And then Holmes looks up from the book and like looks at the mom to see if he's in trouble. (laughs) And then, and then he realizes he's not. And he just goes back to talking about the book. I, I, I really love that. That's funny. Like that's a great look. Um, something, something about Holmes in particular. I wanted to say I wrote it down. He had a he had a quote from the, the first time he he read the script um, that I think was very like it worked for the character too. Uh, I, I'm trying to find it here. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Holmes Osborne's quote. Uh, I received the script and I was totally befuddled by it. And that was the entirety of his, uh, of what he said (laughs) to this like retrospective about Donnie Darko. That's funny. (laughs) I love that so much. Cause like that, that, that is exactly like the character. He's just kind of, do you have any, um, uh, in the dark, uh, do you have any quotes from like Drew Barrymore on her thoughts of the script? I'm sure she, I mean, of course she thought it was great. But any specifics of like I, what she thought I, of it? I don't think they talked to Drew Barrymore for that that piece. Unfortunately, the one that I read from um, from what I did. from what I recall, her and Richard Kelly may have had some back and forth about Final Cut, which I guess is why the director's cut exists. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, 
uh, of course I, I could be just wrong, but from my recollection, from my recollection, you know, the reason why he went back and and did a director's cut is because Drew Barrymore kind of um, maybe maybe rightfully so because from from what I remember the the theatrical cut is better, but Drew Barrymore was like holding him back in terms of like him trying to expand on his ideas. Sure. Yeah. So you're saying definitively that Drew Barrymore is a better editor than Richard Kelly. Um, for willing to go on the record for Donnie Darko, uh, yes. Hmm. All right. At least in terms of creative uh, overseer. Uh, maybe she had better. I mean, you know, better uh, decisions on what was to be in the final cut. "Quote unquote final." I believe we just had a very heartbreaking line there. Uh, what was it about? Yeah, a little insight into Donnie Darko's worldview in the. Oh, is it is in the by him being room. alone? Uh, yeah, every living creature on Earth dies alone. Uh, uh, just a depressing thought to live with, especially at what what's Donnie supposed to be sixteen? Oh yeah, or something like. Yeah. I mean, I think. Well, I uh, I think we will have to go through that. I went through that in high school. I'm still going through that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why that, it related with that, so many people, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. Like how why the movie relates to so many people. I I I do think that is a good part of it. Um. Uh, like the the movie, like really treats uh like teenage anxiety and depression and stuff like very seriously in ways that i think a lot of movies don't necessarily yeah um like like the movie itself is like about the end of the world and i like the and that like that's probably because like that, that that's what the feelings of of like gretchen and donnie and like that, that's that's what they're feeling and then the movie ultimately is about that and i i think I think that like it's incredibly well handled how they uh, do that. Like, it's it's told with very it's t- told very sincerely. Um, um, it's uh, I read somebody's take on Richard Kelly, and they said that um, this was a fluke for Kelly, uh, which I mean it's it's a legitimate thing to say because yeah, you could make the argument. Yeah, Donnie Darko is quote unquote his most successful uh, in in terms of like um uh response and cultural analysis reanalysis right yeah yeah and uh, if i were to make that case i'd say i think it's due to the fact that he puts all this like his uh, crazy theories about time travel and bunny suits and you know the multiverse and metaphysics he puts all that on this teenage story of angst and uh yeah it helps it but if you put if you were to put those same ideas into let's say like you know uh, Hollywood and actors and politics and nuclear war, uh, you get South End Tales. Sure. <sighs> Donnie just found Chekhov's gun. Yep. I, I want to say I, I I think the effect is like really nice on the. I don't know, like the like water tubes that lead, yeah. over, but that show where people are going to go. That that's a really good effect. I think, I think it holds up and uses the the. It looks like it uses the the morph technology from 
from the abyss terminator, terminator 2 yeah yeah if it, it it it's like one of those effects that i don't know how how movies i don't know how that happens but like i'm going to compare this to jurassic park which i don't think anybody has but the effects the effects in jurassic park hold up so well now still to me i don't know how they did it and I'm sure. Do you know the budget of this movie, Marcus? Do you know how much this this movie? Yeah, is? four and a, four and a half million. That's not uh, a that's lot. That's the official budget at all, right? No, no. So dirt cheap visual effects, but it works in a way that I'm like, it's it's surreal and it's trippy enough, and it's it clearly feels like a old effect, but it 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 holds up in this movie. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um. Uh, Who's the fat guy? I don't know. We're supposed to solve this mystery, Marcus. We're supposed to unwrap this and solve every every question that this brings up. So we have to uh, unlock the key. That's that's. That's what the director's cut commentary is for. It's it's going <laughs> to oh, fill no. in all the missing pieces. Oh my god! Because another fat guy comes up later. Does he? He does. Just just hmm. just keep an eye out for him later. Just that's that's that's, that's what I'll say. Can't say that I remember that, but all right. And and to, um, and, and to be fair, I'll say um, earlier in this commentary, I said have you watched this earlier today? I only watched like the first hour and like uh, ten minutes in the middle of like the last act. So, do you, do you, this scene right here, where, <laughs> uh, the ther- the therapist is telling Donnie's parents like very specific things about what Donnie said in therapy. I feel like that's a bit over the line. Yeah, I, is that legal? I, I think that, I, I therapists are supposed to report uh, when I don't know they feel like the kid is a genuine threat, but I don't know if Maybe, Donnie's displayed enough to really well say that. I don't know. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say maybe she is yeah. she is worried that he's having these hallucinations and he might, but you know she actually has. He's actually ahead of the curve because he is, you know, a threat, you know. So maybe she yeah. she can sense that that his hallucinations will lead to something uh, worse. Yeah, you might be right, and ultimately she's probably right to do it. But she, it still I feels mean, a little, uh, <laughs> still feels a little gross to me. You say that, and like this scene is being intercut with like Donnie Darko with a knife. <laughs> yeah, stabbing his window. <laughs> So, trying to get the giant bunny behind it, and you're like, and you're like, huh? That therapist should keep her mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave Donnie, leave Donnie alone. He's he's not doing anything. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. Um, <laughs> he's a good kid. <laughs> uh, I will say, I loved you, Bearmore, a lot. That's all I'll say. We all love Drew Barrymore, don't have we? Have you seen Whip It? I have not seen that movie. I hear it's really good. You haven't seen Whip It, and no. you're talking about how much you love Drew Barrymore. I know. I've, I've, oh man, uh, uh, I'm missing. I'm missing something, right? I'm missing Mar- something important. Marcelo, everything I know about you, you would. 
I know. Whip It would be one of your favorite movies. I know. I know you this. Would love it. I know. It, it, it fits my. I hate to say. I hate to say it. It, it fits my brand. That movie, even you know, this one hundred percent sight unseen. Your brand, yeah. Your brand is is Barrymore. Yeah, my brand. <laughs> my brand is Barrymore. I said that for years. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look to see if that's streaming anywhere. I put that on my list for this month. There's a great Jimmy Fallon performance in it. Oh yeah, they were they were an item. <laughs> you yeah yeah they were going. Oh that's wait wait is that is that is that right? Am I remembering this right? Were they going out? I I, I eh, maybe we're confusing it with Fever Pitch. Yeah, yeah but I, I think, think that's you're right. <laughs> so you're saying Fever Pitch is not real? <laughs> it's not a documentary. <laughs> um. Uh, this is this this scene. The sequence is is nicely cut. I think the editing here is is really good. Who edited this movie, Marcus? I'm going to turn to you for all these facts. Oh, uh, the editor of Donald Darko, <laughs> uh, directed by Richard Kelly, of course. You're just reading uh, the IMDb from the top to bottom, right? Darko, skip right in the middle. Editor, right in the middle. The Donnie Darko director or editor, excuse me, is Eric Strand, of course. Yep, and or it's Sam Bauer. Both, uh, Sam Bauer and Eric Strand. This is a two-man show. Took two men to bring this movie to the screen. Well, uh, some movies do have two editors. Marcus, some movies have like five editors. So uh, we thank them for their service. Yes, uh, I love um, editors. Um, who's your favorite editor, Marcus? <laughs> Of course. Uh, I mean, the one, no, the one I'm, name I'm gonna, I can I'm going to take of. away. Got, no, shut up. I'm going to take away. <laughs> this is, uh, also, I apologize for keep telling you to shut up. I, I, I it's, it's just, a, it's just a joke. I don't, it's what I deserve. No, no, no. I, I, be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. I'm going to take a name off the table so you can't say this name. You can't say Thelma Shoemaker. Fuck you. All right. So the get, only choice, the <laughs> only thing that popped into my head. Uh, you love cinema. You love movies. You love uh, film. So, you love editors, right? Yeah, I ask, do. I ask really me. Do. Ask me. Oh yeah, Marcelo, who's your favorite editor? Uh, Steven Soderbergh. I win. <laughs> Great choice. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, <clears throat> googling best editor. <laughs> What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, God. Uh, I, I usually say Chasing Amy. I, I haven't seen it for so long, but that one holds a very special place in my heart. Back to Kevin Smith. Um, who, who works with uh, Kevin Smith a lot in terms of editors? Do you know? Kevin Smith. He uh, like Scott Mosier, I guess, right? Yeah, but that's right. I think Kevin Kevin's his own editor, really. Ah, okay. Um, my favorite editor is Kevin Smith. There you go. Uh, <laughs> not true at Moving all. On. I don't think his editing is particularly great. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think something coming up here in the next scene, I'm going to have a little bit of a bombshell to drop. A bombshell. Oh, right. Yeah. Not in this scene where they're talking on uh, abandoned furniture in a field, right? Not this scene. No, no. Not to set it up too hard, but like... 
Have you ever had that in Boy. real life, Marcus? A field out where you live with like abandoned furniture? Abandoned furniture, no. But I, I live in the middle of a hell of a lot of open fields that I could go set up a couch out there and sit if I wanted to. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the hygiene, the upkeep of those uh, of that furniture out in the wilderness. Yeah, if it if it ever rained, like, yeah, you'd be fucked. That's screwed. Yeah, that 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 stuff sucks. You would not want to sit in it for is this, the end of time. Is this senior? Is this a senior talking about? No, unfortunately, oh, okay. yeah, it might be coming up here soon. We'll just. Oh, so it's around this point where I uh, stopped my rewatch earlier. So this is kind of more new to me than the first half of the movie. I have some gaps in my notes, I guess. Okay. I didn't write down every single scene, unfortunately for me and us. I also um, like that this movie talks about God. And earlier you had that scene about belief, right? I think I also yeah. went through that as a teenager. Again, another reason why this movie connected with me. I, I, I kind of like, I, I don't know, we, we talk about another reason why people like this movie is uh, I think it's also like, it is a kind of um, it's, it's a movie that's like kind of a puzzle. It's a mystery. It's something that you, you can put together. And I think, or it's, it's fun to like put, make, make theories or like think about what you think happened or, um, uh, and you say that the director's cut takes some of that away. But I think that also adds to its cult status is like, Know, people talking to each other about this movie and like what, what they think happened. And it's, uh, I think like, as opposed to something that I'm more familiar with, like, like twin peaks is, it's also a mystery, but it's, Oh, like it's a less solvable mystery. There's not going to be one tidy answer there. Yeah. I feel like Donnie Darko probably does have like one tight tidy answer that you could come to like, and it's not all that difficult to do. So like it, it's a very accessible one of those types of movies, I think, which is why I think it hits so many people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In this, in this theatrical cut, like I will say, like this is it. This is it. This is the scene, Marcel. Okay, sorry. Okay. Shut, I don't okay. Cut you off. Tell me to shut up. Shut up. Uh, this house. When we get a good shot of this house, I'll say this. Okay. This is Patrick Swayze's house, right? Wow. Wall outside of. It's Patrick right. Swayze's house. Uh, okay. This is Patrick Swayze's house, but this is also the same house that uh, Chris Evans is his, and his family lived in in Not Another Teen Movie. Whoa. <laughs> My mind is blown. That was a fun fact I learned. Oh, you, anyway. Yeah, we stopped our serious conversation about, uh, what was it? <laughs> uh, 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 how how solvable this movie is and film theory. Yeah. To, to you, you just stopped to, uh, to just point out that's also not another teen movie. Okay. A fantastic movie. I have, I have not seen it. A great film. Wow. Okay. Okay, we'll we'll shove that into this Richard Kelly stuff somewhere. <laughs> that, that, that's the that's the parody movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it. I, I mean, would say it's it's the best one since like Top Secret or Airplane. I've, I, I've I think seen. I think it's in the top three. I've seen bits and parts movies. of it on like TBS, but uh, yes, I, I, in that era when uh, when those movies were out, that that yeah. movie parodied. 
those are a lot of blind spots for me. So much so that like two weeks ago, for the first time, I watched 10 Things I Hate About You. Wow. Is that surprising? Not really. Um, but <laughs> well, I, mean, I think it's it? a fair I think it's a fair subgenre to mix miss, I think. I think so. For me That's anyway. When you were growing up and you were you were going off to college or whatever you did. I don't know. Uh, sure, let's say that. About that time. Yeah. <laughs> um oh okay. But back to my point before we found out about that house. Um the theatrical cut, I think there's enough there for you to make you know, connect the dots and have it be understandable enough. But there's a level of vagueness yeah. that I enjoy. Es- yeah. Especially at the end. You you get what happens at the end of the theatrical cut. You, you understand generally what happens, right? I but, would say so, yeah. Maybe yeah, I don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you don't, then okay, fine. But uh, we'll talk about it when, when we get to the end. But just to me, going back to the, the theatrical cut... It literally spells things out. It gives you, I think, text and may- maybe voiceover, if I remember right, of like what exactly yeah. happens. So that takes away some of the mystery, which I think is sure. a problem. Adds more exposition and such. Yeah. Hey, here's here's um, an I- here's an iconic scene. For sure. Yeah. We we haven't really talked about it yet, but uh, let's talk about the Richard Kelly. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about Richard. <laughs> no, let's talk about the bunny suit. What the? Oh yeah, it's about to come up here. It's uh. Oh, and I love this quick shout out to Evil Dead. For sure, yeah. Before we talk about the, the bunny this, suit, Marcus, let me ask oh, you something. Th- this this cinema, th- this movie, the movie theater that they went into and in the outside shot. Uh, this 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 is from uh, Get Shorty. Anyway, okay. <laughs> the bunny suit. <laughs> Are you reading this from like IMDb trivia? No, I, I read that somewhere else. I got okay, to do an good. article yesterday. Because if, um, if if you base your facts on IMDb trivia, uh, I'd say double check your sources. Because I know of a podcast that likes to add strange things into IMDb trivia, and uh, it's 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 a corrupt system, is what I'll say. All right, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Apology I just want to say. <laughs> The bunny suit is like incredible. It, it's like, it's really, I mean, it's become iconic. It's a very uh, well-known thing right now, but like the, the design of it is so well done. I think the, it is, like, it, 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 it hits like a really weird nerve when you see it. Like it, it looks like a Halloween suit, but it looks like one that like you've never seen before. And like one that's like genuinely pretty scary to look at. Like, I think it's very, very well done. Um, uh, they, they, they talked about how when the actor uh, James Duvall put it on for the first time, he said that uh, like when he got to the set wearing it, that like everybody like just stopped and stared at him. And it was like yeah. this kind of mythical moment. I, I mean, that could be apocryphal, but who knows? But uh, and he, his quote is, they made me look like an otherworldly creature which I think that's just fantastic. And I think that perfectly is like describes this suit. Not to completely dismiss what you just said. No, actually this is not dismissing okay. what you just said. This is okay. just my opinion. Okay. No, 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 fuck no, me, right? <laughs> you know, never mind. Forget I said that. Um, this is just my, my opinion of the suit. Yeah. Okay. Not that this is like a huge mark against the movie, but 
I enjoyed watching this for the first time thinking it was like a mythical being of like another universe. But then when they reveal that it's it's made by a character in the movie, like you see the creation yeah. of it at the very end of the movie, kind kind of ruins it for me. Not not to an extent like it ruins the movie, but do, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's I I, I can kind of see that, but yeah. also like I don't know. Maybe you think about like how did he get the inspiration for this? Where did that come from? That's did that true. Come from some sort of source, uh, some sort of magical source. It's uh, like circular, think, maybe where it's oh, what's that? Um, it's a paradox, right? Where there's no beginning or end. It just it's like a cyclical thing. Yeah, I I think I've never seen it, but this film it has a a sequel. It has S Darko. I I've <laughs> never right. seen it. I but I like read up. I like read the plot summary, um, and I think that movie like from what it sounds like it sounds like they kind of just do this similar plot again but with samantha instead of donnie and but i think they kind of explain the origin of the bunny suit and like somebody else gets it that's disappointing yeah it seems kind of weird like We'll talk about it later, probably. No, we will. <laughs> that doesn't sound. That doesn't sound good. Uh, you have threatened me with us talking about S. Darko, and I, I don't want to. Although I guess we have to, right? I think we have to. Oh no. Yeah. If if you hear any outside noise, uh, I'm in a new position in which I record these uh, podcasts, and uh, uh, I live by a highway, so you may hear a motorcycle from time to time. That's not me getting up and jumping on a motorcycle. Do you know this driving away? This actress's name, the the dancer. I do not. Unfortunately, I wish I had her name. What's her character name? I could not tell you. Jesus Christ, Marcus! Why? Why are we doing this? If you don't know, oh, God. When's the next WWE pay per view? What date does that fall on? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut the hell up! <laughs> All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up as I do that. You want to say something, <laughs> Jolene Purdy? Jolene Purdy. Oh, you beat me to it. Um, the great Jolene Purdy. Now she gets a very good performance in this movie. Oh, she was in Ten Things I Hate About You, the ABC Family comedy series. Oh wow, she's in WandaVision. What? Wow. I've I guess we've been seeing her recently and didn't know it. Wait a second. Wait, what's the actress's name again? Uh, Jolene Purdy. P R D Y. Let me uh, double check. Anyway, what's what's happening on screen? This this is her first film role. Yeah, we're seeing Sparkle Motion. We're seeing the. I don't know the 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 genesis of the great line that comes later from Beth Grant that we'll talk about then. Um, yeah, this is uh, Donnie's sister um, in the group, coached by Beth Grant and uh, uh, Patrick Swayze's character. Okay, yeah, I doing I, a choreographed dance routine. I, I had to look emotion. it up just to make sure we're talking about the same person. Yes, I can confirm. Um, Jolene Purdy is on WandaVision. I just wanted to know who she played in WandaVision. And I uh, I saw the picture. I was like, oh, that's right. Okay. Back to Donnie Darko. 
Um, back to Donnie Darko. Back to yeah. Donnie Darko. Yeah, I'm trying to find my. Uh, they're doing a song to, or they're doing the dance to a Duran Duran song. Uh, can't remember the name of it. Um, and they're burning down Child Sway, uh, uh <laughs> Patrick Swayze's uh. Sex dungeon, I guess. <laughs> he's, right? bur- he's burning down the house. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Do you like talking heads? So, I, 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 as much as any other person, I'm not a, a, a big gigantic fan. But like, I watched the movies. I liked them. I've been listening to the. I listened to a, a podcast recently talking about them. I, I have gained an appreciation for them over the last year, I would say. I'm, um, uh, I'm happy for you. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you like Duran Duran. That's more, that's, more, <laughs> that's more like closer to the movie, I would say. Um, I mean, they're both 80s. So uh, I had a fair question there about my talking heads question. Wait, so, okay, so... Mar- Marcelo, sometimes I doubt your commitment to... <laughs> Sparkle mode. ...have a nice apocalypse. Uh, just to be clear what happened on screen. So, the movie yeah. they went to go see was... Uh, she slept through Evil Dead, right? Um, Jenna Malone. Uh, Donnie Darko burnt down Patrick Swayze's sex dungeon. And the Sparkle Motion um, uh, dance thing... Or that recital, whatever was happening, the talent show was happening at the same time. Yeah. So all these events happened. Yeah. And yeah, these events are kind of setting up the end of the movie coming up here. Uh, Like uh, Donnie burning the house, uh, Sparkle Motion having their performance. uh, uh, Donnie kissing Gretchen for the first time. All these things are important to the end of the film um which i don't know we're gonna get there eventually right now we're kind of learning the secret about uh patrick swayze's character that unsavory secret that i i have issues with i think <laughs> based on uh, what happens in a little bit but issues oh i guess we'll get to it just just point out what yeah. you have an issue with Unless, yeah, uh, I, I mean, obviously, we both have, we we both have an issue with uh, child pornography. I think that's an issue. We can say, well, good lord, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. We just do. to make it we clear, do. you know, we're both against yeah. it. Yeah, had to be said. We want to get that on record. I'm glad we're getting that out of the way in the first episode. Exactly. Just, can, just can uh, let down their guard. Don't up, don't unsubscribe. Uh, we're not so, pro yeah, Barry child Moore. pornography. <laughs> Barry Moore here is getting fired for uh, uh, teaching the book. I guess that Donnie that they that they assume Donnie was inspired by to written by Graham to Green. drown the school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Donnie uh, Drew Barrymore losing her job. That's also important to the end of the movie and why Donnie does what he does. Um, Do we want to like talk about the ending right now? I okay. I suppose we could. I I'm because. Not, Okay, let me let me start. Sorry for interrupting you. I apologize. Things are about to start <clears throat> happening pretty fast. I think. Um. Uh. Now the ending of the movie. For those who don't know, it's it's 
is it like a sacrifice? Like he's sacrificing himself. That's that's how I've always read it. Yeah, right. Because um, okay, I think my head's starting to hurt thinking about this now. So, and this is what I love about this movie. Okay, everything happens because. Wait, okay. The events of the movie take place because of that engine falling into Donnie's bedroom, right? Right. And that event happens at the end of the movie on Darko's mom's plane, right? Yeah, yeah. So like and and oh and so then, like, yeah, d- and then yeah. I'll say Darko Donnie he puts himself in that situation where he dies at the beginning of the movie where at first he wasn't right. there thus right. thus negating or thus undoing the events of the film yes and and so like what what are those events that donnie is undoing he's he's on his his parents uh see okay th- this this is this is where my issue comes in so gretchen's death he's wiping that away great yeah, um, yeah, that, that that's Drew a big Barrymore thing. getting fired. Drew yeah. Barrymore getting fired. He's stopping that from happening because he's not going to break the school up. Um, but the other two things, the other two main things are uh, <clears throat> his mom and his sister being on the plane to uh, wherever they're going to do the talent show or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, that that is ultimately the plane that the jet engine falls out of. Um, and then the other thing is he undoes uh, discovering Patrick Swayze's child porn dungeon, which I don't think that's a that's probably a net good that he did that, I would think. Now, OK, let, so uh, let's go back to you Pat- know what? You know what? Yes, I just figured it out. I just figured it out. Never mind. We did it. We, 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 yeah. we broke through. Patrick Swayze What'd would you be figure on out, the Patrick Swayze would be on the plane. He'd die. Oh, okay. Whose sister? Donnie's sister. Hmm. So we have to get Donnie's sister Shit. off the plane somehow. Yeah, we do. We do. Hmm. All right, we have to figure this out. Maybe that's what S. Darko's about. It's not. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, but it's it's a paradox. Like, here, hear me out, Marcus. So. Yeah. Maybe that engine is always coming out of nowhere. So, if that engine comes out of nowhere in the beginning of the movie, then it remains out of nowhere at the end slash beginning of the movie in the new timeline. So it didn't Possible. fall. It didn't fall off the and the the plane in in the new timeline. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't think it makes sense. I think there are three timelines. Okay, one in which we're seeing now—that's one. That's a timeline. Timeline B is the timeline in which the engine falls off the plane and for sure kills his mom, right, and sister on the plane. And then timeline C is one in which uh, Donnie Darko dies at the beginning. Plane plane engine comes out of nowhere, and nobody dies from the plane crash later <clears throat> yeah and uh <laughs> i and, just uh, i just i just, I just pulled just, that on my ass by the way 
Let's just say that Patrick Swayze gets caught by other means. Um, uh, but uh, oh, from what I remember at the end, and we'll get to the end when we, when we get to the end. But he does have this moment of like all the characters have the moment of like they know what ha- what, what what happened. They have that crying montage. Yeah, yeah. And I always assumed he would turn himself in after that. Am I crazy in in in, in interpreting it that way? Yeah. Well. Okay, if what you're saying is true, then sure. I guess I never really got that from the end. I guess I just got they were experiencing general grief, but I don't know. There, there is kind of a look from uh, Donnie's mom to uh, Gretchen that I guess you could probably interpret that way. Um, that, yeah, that's as interesting. Kind of a knowing, as kind of knowing. That's an interesting interpretation. Wait, I'm complimenting myself. My interpretation is interesting <laughs> because I find I like I said that's how I envision that montage being. It's a sense of right. like, oh, like it didn't happen, but we know it happened somehow. Like the time space continuum ripped, but the effects of that past timeline is is still in our heads, uh, played over that uh, song. Uh, what's what's that song? It's a it's a mad world. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, we, we skipped over the scene uh, where that uh, kind of a famous scene in the movie, the cellar door. Um, cellar door, the most beautiful uh, grouping of sounds in the english language or something like that which uh, whatever i don't get it but i i it sounds I miss, nice to say don't you i missed that that's that's not a memorable line for me i'm i'm sorry yeah i don't know maybe that sticks out in my head more than anybody else's it's uh, um, with with all apologies to you marcus but yeah it's uh, it hasn't resonated with me <laughs> i'm truly again sorry. i apologize uh, apology accepted. No, no, you should not apologize. <laughs> I shouldn't apologize. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess whatever. Donnie's explaining uh, the sky is gonna open up. I don't know. Oh, okay. By, by the way, like we, we we went through the theory of like what happens at the end and who gets away with what. Um, yeah. But what about Frank? Is is Frank like? How does he play into this timeline? Like, how does he? appear like why does he appear as like a vision to, uh, to Donnie good question it, it, it's not a question it's not it, a question maybe, maybe that's go ahead maybe maybe that's the universe trying to set itself right maybe that's yeah see that's up for interpretation I, I think in this in the theatrical cut anyway maybe in the, the director's cut they saw that mystery but it's a question I ask but do I really want the answer Eh, I'm okay with not knowing. It's just I'm yeah. just like kind of like you. Like I'm under the assumption it's maybe the universe trying to correct itself, or maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe maybe it's just a Donnie's depressed thoughts uh, manifesting themselves and telling him that he needs to die. That's totally possible. I mean, <clears throat> well, um. See here, this scene, it's, he's kind of going over it. The sky is going to open up. He's talking about the uh, the wormhole. That's a strange line for a therapist to say. 
If the sky were to open up, there'd yes. be no law? Wait, there the- would be no law. There would be no rule. There There'd would be no only rule. be you and your memories. What? What, what does that the choices mean? choices you've made and the people you've touched. <laughs> Why does she think that's going to comfort him? <laughs> okay, <laughs> if this wait. world were to end, there would only be you and him. It's 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 sort of comforting. No else. To, 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 it, almost makes, it almost makes it seem like the therapist is kind of an actor in this. Like she... <laughs> Like, that's such a weird thing for her to say that kind of encourages Donnie to do what he's going to do. Now, uh, <laughs> to, to, to kind of veer into seriousness for for one minute here on this two-hour podcast, but and, – and I'll need to see the end again to, to kind of, like, uh, compliment this thing. Not compliment, but to, like, assert this thing I'm about, I'm about to say, but – I think one way I see this movie is like kind of not good is in the way it treats suicide, like how everything leads to him sacrificing himself. Does that make yeah. sense? Like it's yeah, I, I think that's uh, also another fair like how like the world genuinely is better off if Donnie did kill himself. Which look, look who it is. Sorry to cut you off, but did you see that? Did you see that guy? Yeah. It's a uh, fat guy. Never noticed that. Never, never made that connection. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, I crazy. You. I think I interrupted you, uh, <laughs> kind of to, to finish saying what your point you were going to say was. But uh, yeah, I, you could see it that way. Um, I'm I'm anti-suicide, by the way, Marcus. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me or not. Sure, but uh, you could also just say that I don't know. That's the movie doing what Donnie feels. I, I, I don't think that that necessarily is a, a statement that the movie is making. That's but. true. It's yeah, it's very much a, um, uh, I was gonna say case by case basis, but yeah, <laughs> in, in a movie that deals with time travel, um, and in, in order to save people, I guess he has to do that act. So I'm trying to think of any other movie where, there's a sacrifice, and I can't think of any. Um, <laughs> the first thing I thought of is um, this movie is very much like Endgame, in which uh, Tony Stark has to sacrifice himself to save the world, right? Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> and he's not killing himself. He's saving uh, billions. But he knows he's going to die, and he rightfully signs himself up to do it. So, oh, Are we talking about Donnie Darker or Tony Stark? That's what I'm getting at. That, that's that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> okay. <sighs> well, at least Donnie Darko gets laid before he dies. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Finally. All right, we, we can turn this off. This is what we wanted to see. Exactly. We've we've reached uh, uh, our point here. Yeah. Getting laid. Mm-hmm. Does that even actually happen? I don't think that actually happens. What him him getting laid? Yeah, is that is that what they do here? I don't yeah, think so. because I don't they, I, just, don't they just talk and they leave. Uh, are you being serious right now? Yeah, I am. Okay, let's focus. I, mean, I on can't this. remember. I can't remember no. every goddamn detail about. Oh this my thing. god, Mark, from whatever scene end. From what I remember, they you see them you know about to do it. The assumption is they do it. And I think the nail in the coffin is like they both come down the stairs like smiling. Like, of course, like, hey, we just fucked. Okay. 
Yeah, that's how the scene ends. You're right. Yeah. I see it now. Um, I do love uh, her wig, Maggie Gyllenhaal, this wig. I don't know why. It's it's a very good wig. Yeah, what she... It looks like she's uh, cosplaying uh, Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's probably why I like it. Yeah, the bangs. It's the bangs. Six years before that movie came out. <clears throat> Okay, so let's we're we're gonna we're gonna break this down. So, why is uh, Mary McDonald on the plane? Because, um, what's his name? Uh, pedophile got arrested, right? Yes. Now go back. Why did Sparkle Motion win? That did did Donnie have anything to do with that? Maybe right. We have to we have to go yeah. back and because if he wasn't there, then maybe they would not have won. It's possible. That's my theory. Okay. Now I know people might have yeah. already broken this thing down because this thing has been up for twenty years. But me and Marcus, to us, we're treading new ground here. We're we're going to solve <laughs> the mystery of yeah. Donnie Darko. Uh, this this is a great. This is a. I love the way this is shot. This is some of Stephen Poster's best work. Uh, this party scene here. This uh, the camera flipping, tracking Donnie leaving the party. Uh, the camera starts doing <clears throat> odd stuff to reflect uh, how Donnie is feeling. It's very good. Don, Jake Gyllenhaal's look there. Like, it's just oh, it's so good. I will compliment the Arrow Blu-ray. This transfer looks very good on Blu-ray. I know it's it's about to be released on 4K in a few months, but yeah, I'm excited to see what that looks like. This does look very good, though. Yeah, this I, I'm watching it on my uh, 4K TV, but just you know the Blu-ray uh, upscaled uh, looks looks very good. Arrow's doing great work because yeah, they also released Southland Tales, and you know you have you'd have to assume they are going to release the, the six-hour extended cut of the box, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, cellar door. Okay, so he's envisioning. He's envisioning the wormhole. I don't know what's going on, man. He's kind of seeing the path that the the yeah. jet engine travels, I guess, in the sky. Yeah, that's kind of where he puts it together. That <clears throat> what he has to do, and. But, and he's going to go see Grandma Death to maybe finalize it or to figure out maybe the specifics of what he has to do to do it. I just realized we sound like a bunch of stoners, but look, man. So my thing is, Frank. This is where the score, like this, this is the part of the movie that really oh, the score stuck out to me. By the way, this, this once again, ET reference. Kids on for the sure, bike, yeah. For sure. Uh, maybe that's what drew Drew Barrymore to this project. Um, she's like, oh, an overt ET reference sold. Okay, Frank. Um, so Frank is driving. Let's say Frank is driving these visions of of Donnie, right? Now my thing is like, yeah, it's Frank's purpose is to lead him to kill himself. To kill to Donnie to kill himself, right? That's yeah. That's what we're led to believe. Uh, 
Because if it weren't for the vision he just had in, at the party, he wouldn't be here, and Gentleman would not die here in the next scene. Right. But and if it weren't for those visions, if Donnie was not having those visions, like what you said, they would not be here. They would not be doing this. Gretchen wouldn't die. So I don't know. So Donnie makes the impulsive decision that he should die and kill himself. But maybe he just has to not follow the visions. It it goes it goes to that conversation throughout the movie about the path. And, you know, God's path. And can you make your own free will? Predestination. Predestination, yeah. Seth Rogen is one of the thugs here, right? Yeah. What year did... Yeah. You're you're, you're not going to know this, but what year did Freaks and Geeks come out? Was that like 99, maybe? I want to say I read something that this is Seth Rogen's first film role. I, th- I, don't, I think I don't that's, that's I think that sounds true because I'm sure he did Freaks and Geeks and like oh, I'm gonna look this up actually. Um, maybe the anniversary of Freaks and Geeks came up recently. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of it. Looking up, uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely was. It was. It was like the year after it, he shot it, like the year that Freaks and Geeks was ending. No. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wait, he wasn't on so Freaks and Geeks. What? Yeah, he was. It says here television undeclared, but I don't see Freaks and Geeks. Oh, never mind. Acting roles. <laughs> I had to scroll down one, <laughs> one, All right. one table. But yes. So, uh, go ahead. So we can talk about this movie's this movie's legacy, if you would like. Yes, um, let's do that. So we can say, launch the career of Richard Kelly. I would say that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, launch the that, careers. Put that in quotes, by the way. Launch Richard <laughs> Kelly's career. Launch the careers of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. and Maggie Gyllenhaal, and uh, that that. Maybe that second one's not very true. And no, uh, really. Seth Rogen, you could say that. <laughs> uh, the, the the actress who's in WandaVision? Jenna Malone, had she done much before this? I think so. I mean, nobody knew but, who Noah Wiley was until he showed up on, in this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I would argue there's a... <laughs> I would argue there's a couple things you could say that aren't so great about the legacy of this film. Um, and I'm sure you're going to get into it not, right now. Yeah, I will. I, I, I like right there when, uh, I, I think it's when Donnie saw the car coming. Uh, he, uh, he said, uh, he said deus ex machina, right? Yeah. And, and he referred to it in the way that like, Oh, an unexplicable, inex- inexplicable thing happened, and and suddenly everything's right. And I think that's a very like that is something that has been like not that this movie invented that phrase. Obviously, it didn't, but it's a uh, it's possible that it kind of popularized it for a lot of like dorky film people. And I would say that's a phrase that gets used as a very lazy criticism for just for things that happen 
in movies a lot of the time. Like you can just say, Oh, I didn't see that coming. And then, and then like, that's like a, well, a way to, to like say that a movie is bad. Like that, like, like YouTube film reviewers, like, like cinema sense or whatever. Yeah. Like that is a thing that they will point to a lot. They'll say that phrase and they'll say, didn't make sense. That sucks. This movie sucks. And I think that's, yeah. I don't know if you could draw that straight line directly to Donnie Darko, but I don't know. You maybe you could. Uh, and if, if uh, I was yeah. to say, if, if you can't draw a straight line, you can definitely see, you know, um, how that phrase, like me to your point, like, uh, if it wasn't a straight line to other movies using that line or using that kind of uh, concept, then it definitely helped perpetrate it. Definitely helped lift that up and and, and yeah, put and put that more in the popular culture. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It, it works here for me. Like it, it, it does. I, I, but but also, it's not. It's not like this is unexplained. Like everything about that is explained. Like why Frank would be there with that suit. Uh, like that's explained. It, uh, the why, like, I don't know the whole movie's setting it up. I don't think it really works. And also, uh, do you have any final thoughts about that? Marcel? what I just said, uh, so I've got one more point here to make. I'll just say about the, cause he says, uh, do a sex machina, right? That's what he says. Yeah, he does. I might, I might say my thoughts on that for the director's cut. Cause I think it plays more into that. Um, okay. From what I remember, but I'll just say for this, like, I don't know why he says it because it's not true. Because yeah. there is, there is a like I said before, like a cyclical purpose to everything here. Like, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not God coming in and yeah, uh, saving the day, which I think that's the that's what the literary device is, right? It's something happens and everything's saved. Although I guess this time loop thing is is kind of that. Like, who creates the time loop? Is it God? Uh, that, that's me. Just that's just a vague question. That's a hypothetical. Like, who creates the actual time loop? Maybe that's the Deus Ex Machina. Uh, yeah. Um, Did yeah, I just blow it, your it, mind, like Marcus? You <laughs> <laughs> we can we can discuss that more later. And my my second thing that is maybe the the abject uh, bad thing that happened because of this movie is uh, uh, the whole finale sequence here. I, I don't I don't think I can't hear the movie right now, but I don't think the music has started yet. Yeah, but I I don't like that song. Yes, they're they're about to play um the Mad World. Yeah. Uh, Tears for Fear song cover by Gary Jules. And let's just say, like, I think I think it's a well done cover. It's a good thing the first time or couple times you hear it. It's it's like a, it brings out the obvious sadness. It, it, it makes the sadness that is in that song more obvious. And like, I don't know, you could argue that's not great, but I think it works. I think it's a sad thing. But also that song that song mad world gary jules cover later gets used uh in the trailer yeah. for gears of war yes um, the game <laughs> on the xbox that. 360 yes yes it, i don't know if it's actually the first but it was certainly the most popular um first uh trailer to use like a sad slow cover of an 80s song uh to 
to sell your gritty action thing. What, and what year was that trailer? Because yeah. I, I remember that vividly. Jeez. 2007, probably. Yeah, that sounds right. I was going to say 2008, yeah. And, uh, and you, and, uh, like, that is, like, what every other trailer is now. And so that kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I, I don't love movie trailers anymore. Like uh, they, they, they're too long. They sell too much of the movie. They give stuff away and like, they all follow that. A lot of them follow that same thing of either very loud music or like the, in the inception point or, yeah. or the Gary Jules, uh, slow cover of an 80s song that I think just kind of sucks in general. And, I think I think that, that, I think that unfortunately you're onto is yeah. I think that unfortunately is part of Donnie Darko's legacy because this that song was made for this movie. Yeah, it, it sucks. It, it's uh, I've never thought of it that way of how that song in particular is such a a pre precursor or like the start of that trend of like yeah. slow sad song covers, but that makes sense. And when I think of slow sad covers, I think of that song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not play like the eight, like the original version, the more upbeat tempo one? All around sure. me, are familiar faces, all down places. What up, places? places. I'm gonna make an edit of that and just put that on the ending of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, we just saw it. Uh, See, okay, the, this the okay. jet engine. Uh, the, yeah, the jet engine kills uh, 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 timeline one, Darko. Wait, very well done two. effect Time by the way. Whatever. They bought they they said they they bought a jet engine for ten thousand dollars and they had That's like insane. one shot at crashing it through the wow, crashing it through the and I read that I read that well. Jake Gyllenhaal was actually in that bed when that uh, engine crashed on him. Really, really, wow! It was <laughs> it was it was in that bed. See, okay, Patrick Swayze here crying, like that's like him. Like that realization of like, oh, they know about like like the 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 his mm. his secret was out. But, yeah, maybe this was yeah. all like a dream, and that's like a wake up call to yeah. him to stop being how he is. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's that's no point. there's no real closure to it though. I I, I can see your point no. about like him not getting his comeuppance, but to me, the fact that he is like so torn up about it is enough for me. Maybe in my head canon, I'm like maybe the next day he turns turn, turns himself in. Although there's no proof to that, so yeah. See, there's the uh, there's the mask being made. Yeah, a chilling design. A chilling design. That guy needs his head examined. This guy, James Duvall, the guy that plays Frank, he, uh, <laughs> I looked up his, you should go to his IMDb page right now. Go James Duvall. Okay. One second. It's, uh, not, it's not how the, the famous Duvalls are spelled. It's D-U-V-A-L. There's not a second L. All right. What am I looking at with his filmography, Marcus? Go, go look, go to actor and just look at what he has coming up. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Uh, something called. Wait, are you referring to Now Apocalypse? 
No, I'm referring to the fact that the guy has 20 movies that are either in pre or post production. Oh, sorry, I'm on Wikipedia, but there's a show called Now Apocalypse, uh, produced by Steven Soderbergh and Gregory Jacob, which was just canceled by Stars. Wait, let me go to his IMDb because I'm I'm on his Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, uh, go to his IMDb. That's how I roll. Um, I want to talk more about this ending because. Like, sure. you, like you, like I'm trying to wrap my head around mm-hmm. what this new timeline is going to work, what what's going to happen in this new timeline. Like, or, or is Sparkle Motion not even going to um, uh, 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 do that pageant thing? Maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe that's how they get maybe, out of it. Yeah, maybe they're so torn up by grief that she doesn't even do it. Or, know? or maybe to my point, like maybe the people who we see affected by this dream quote-unquote dream they know what's going to happen so they can already prevent that past timeline right does that make sense yeah for sure yeah i see uh james duvall's page that's insane something called elevator man uh cadillac respect eye challenger future punks numbskull revolution yeah, well, but this yeah, guy, this guy's working. good for him. Yeah, good for, good for him. him. But, good for him. But, Quigley but good lord, he has twenty movies. Exactly twenty. I counted yeah. them. That's crazy. Coming up. So if you're a James Duvall fan, look out. This moment of um, this eye contact between Jenna Malone and Mary McDonald is uh, it's Very telling. Good. Yeah. See, like Jenna Malone has like a knowing, yeah, knowing wave. They know. They know, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I can say that. I'm saying it now. Yeah. The kid's reaction. God, that that, yeah. that look is so good. That look is so good. And that, that, that brings us to the end of was the Donnie film. Darko. We solved everything. Um, yep. We put the puzzle pieces uh, together. Okay, look. Uh, what I want next, and we we've talked about the next episode. Uh, it's either going to be us discussing the prequel comic to Southland Tales, uh, kind of like a intro to Southland Tales from us talking about how we feel about it, right? Something along those lines. Sure. Uh, I want you, Marcus. That's not a question. I want you. No. Um, what? When? Do you know what year uh, the Darnie Darko director's cut came out? No, I don't. I can look it up. It wasn't a test. No, I don't. I'm curious because should we talk about the Donnie Darko director's cut before we talk about Southland Tales? Uh, or maybe we should save that for let's do an episode where 2004. Oh, so it's before Southland Tales. Because we need to talk about that director's cut. Either we're going to do an we intro, do. either we're going to do an intro of the Southland Tales talking about the prequel comics, or we're going to do a Donnie Darko director's cut episode. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think this is off-air conversation. Yeah, but I'm just but saying, folks, it, it's, just know it's a tease. It's we're, we're uh, yeah, yeah, it's a tease. Just know, like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be getting into like let's talk about the future, right? Like we got, we just did our Donnie Darko commentary, big smash <laughs> success. We did it. We're gonna I be talking it, about yeah. the the Donnie Darko uh, director's cut. We're gonna be talking about 
other stuff with Donnie Darko. We're going to be talking about S Darko. We're going to be talking about uh, like the the commentaries that are on the Donnie Darko Blu-ray, like specifically the one with Kevin Smith. We're going to be talking about, uh, and then we're going to get into Southland Tales. Once Donnie Darko is uh, that well is drained, we're going to talk about the prequel film. We're going to go super in depth into the actual movie um, Southland Tales. We're going to do a commentary for the can cut of Southland Tales. Um, uh, and then we're going to talk about the box uh, potentially more than once. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, how much Maybe. does that movie have to offer? We'll exactly. see. I've never seen it, by the way. I don't think I'm, I said that during this recording, but I've never seen yeah. the box. And I, I would I would like you to keep it that way, Marcel. Yes. I have seen it, but I would like you to keep it that way until we're like nearing the end of this thing. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um, Fair. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's an exciting journey we're going to be on for the next few weeks, months, years, possibly. Yeah. So we're still, um, as you can as you can see as you can tell already, listeners, we're still trying to figure this out. I'm not sure we're going to what episode we're going to do next, what, what it's going to cover, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, exactly. I mean, you've got your Southland Tales Blu-ray in the mail. I got mine. I might actually have mm-hmm. it on my desk here. Um, Me too. It has, a, it has a new 2K restoration of both versions, which we'll talk about. Have you seen the, the, the cons cut yet, uh, Marcus? I have not. No. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I was kind of waiting to dig into it until after we did this. Uh, yeah. So it was this was the thing that was fresh in my mind. Good point. But yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get to watching this and Oh boy, am I going to get to watching it? Cause we got, we got a lot of watching it ahead of us. Yeah. Uh, um, we haven't figured out exactly how we're going to break down the actual movie. Uh, because yeah, we're going to do the cons cut commentary and then we're going to break down the theatrical cut in a way we'll figure out. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's our future. That's our future. Uh, now, do you want to discuss? Yes, the future of Richard Kelly a little bit. Uh, what do you mean? Or should we future? say that <laughs> the future of some Richard of the Kelly? Stuff that he has some of the stuff that he's working on. Like, there's a lot I could talk about. I think we we picked the right time to do a Southland Tales series or a Richard yeah. Kelly series, whatever this is really, because it's 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 more Richard Kelly than anything. Because we're covering all his work. But I think you know more than me, Marcus. I know he's talked for months, maybe years now, about how he wants to go back and re-edit Southland Tales again. Well, not again, because yes. you have the cons cut and you have the theatrical cut. To, for him, theoretically, he would want a like six-hour cut or something of uh, Southland yeah, Tales, right? so he wants to shoot more footage. He wants to... Um, make some kind of like animated sequences and basically make an entire prequel film to Southland Tales and then one make make one gigantic like six hour film. Yeah. Um, he is also uh, for the last few years, he has said that he has been working on a true sequel to Donnie Darko. Oh, um, I actually didn't know about that. Yeah, and he said that he said this year he said that James Cameron uh, told him he should keep working on it because he like told him the idea and James Cameron liked it. So <laughs> it it seems like he's doing that. So, so with and the, he's also uh, yeah. I was gonna say with the prowess of Cameron behind him, I'm I, I'm sure we're gonna see the new Donnie Darko sequel 
in 10 years. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, so we've got more Donnie Darko coming. We've got more Southland Tales coming and we've got more the box coming in a way because the box is based on a Twilight Zone episode and Richard Kelly is currently working. Oh, on, that's right. He's, he's attached to a Rod Serling biopic. Yes. Which yes. is that that's interesting. Imagine if this podcast series lined up and the last episode we do is that uh, Richard Kelly uh, oh, biopic oh. of Rod Let Serling. Let it be true. Wait, Rod Serling, right? That's how you pronounce his name? Rod Serling? Yes. Yeah. I said Rod, Ster- Rod Sterling there. I get those confused. Um, a fair mix up. Uh, I think he's a character on Mad Men. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Richard Kelly, we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna dive deep into you, buddy, for the next few weeks and months and years. Um, I'm excited. Are you excited, Marcus? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm very. I can't wait to do this. Were you Were you afraid at the, at the beginning of this of uh, of uh, the tone and where this was gonna go and maybe this this is gonna be a failed project right right out the gate? Uh, I'm terrified before I do anything. I have no <laughs> confidence in myself, but this went very well. And now I have some renewed uh, vigor. I'm, I, I think we can do this. I think we're going to. Good. That's good. We're going to knock this out of the park. We will. I mean, what I loved in this, and uh, I like that we're doing like um, backseat quarterbacking. Speaking of which, the Super Bowl's tonight. That's uh, I'm dating this podcast. Um, we're, uh, I'm giving a review of this podcast right here at the end of the at the end of the episode. But what I liked about this was. Uh, how we got into the uh, like how we interpreted the ending. I wanted to really do that when you talk about the uh, director's cut of Donnie Darko. So get get ready for that. I want to hear your well thought out uh, uh, notions on the ending and how all this makes sense. Uh huh. Get that ready, Marcus. I will. <laughs> Uh, we just lost it at the end there, didn't we? All right, let's close things out. Um, Marcus, no plugs. People can find us if they want nope. to find us. Um, and any last words before we close this episode off? Uh, I don't know. I just want to tell everybody uh, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ha- have a nice apocalypse, everybody. Yeah, have a nice apocalypse. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. See you in the next episode of Have a Nice Apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. That's the name. That's the name. All right. No, not yet. Goodbye.